0: Hello and welcome to The Flower Pot, the podcast for the National Botanic Garden of Wales. My name's Bruce Langridge and today I'm joined by someone I've worked with for quite a few years now, uh, Sarah Williams. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Now, Sarah, um, you're here today to talk about um, quite a few different things because we've known each other for what we're thinking is maybe 8 years.
1: Yeah, 8 years.
0: And uh during that time we've uh kind of you've worked on many different things, we've worked on several things together. And because this is the podcast which is uh designed to show people all the different aspects of what it is to be a botanic garden, I thought you'd be a really interesting guest because not only do you, have you worked in different elements of the garden, so you can, kind of come from different angles, but you've also known the garden for an awful long time because when you were a life member, you are a life member of the garden, aren't you? Yes. Can you tell me how that happened?
1: Yep. Yes, I am a, a life member. So my first visit to the garden was actually um, before it actually opened. Um, my husband and I booked on a tour, to come and look around the garden before it opened as a as a pre-opening sort of like taster um so we came on that and that must have been back in probably in 2000 literally just before it opened
0: okay you don't know who gave that talk, you? <gasps> i
1: haven't got a clue gosh no i did i no can't i don't actually remember very much about it i'll be honest with you but i do know that we did go on the tour and um and as a result because we must have um been really enthusiastic about it to friends and what have you because 2000 is the year I got married um, in the August and one of our friends actually gave us a year membership to the garden as one of our wedding presents. Oh what a cracking idea. I know I think more people should do that.
0: (laughs) And so you used to come here and with your two boys as well? Yes
1: yep so um, for the first few years we came um, quite regularly and then obviously with the birth of the two boys you know how things are things we sort of like lapsed our membership for a bit and then we started coming again probably around about 2007 we um, got our our yearly membership and we're coming regularly with the boys so I mean I don't know if if you know but I literally just live the other side of Paxton Tower so this was basically our playground for the boys this was our local park this was the the easiest place for us to to bring the boys on a saturday or sunday morning for for their runabout and their feed the ducks or whatever it was so um i think it was about 2009 possibly um that my husband decided that we would become lifetime family members so from then since then we've been family members um, and lifetime ones so yeah it's been, been great
0: that's great now you, you, you're a qualified teacher
1: aren't you I am yes so um, uh, when did you do that um, so I well I that's actually how I met my husband I qualified um, as a teacher I, um, I did my training in Swansea qualified as a teacher um, I did that for a few years but then um, after I got married and had children I gave up teaching to become a full-time mum Um, and then I went I had a part-time job in a shop in Llendilo for a while Um, and then I realised that sort of like my brain was going to mush and the old grey matter was withering away and it was actually my husband who said you know have you thought about going and, and doing a bit of teaching down in the Botanic Garden and um i'm not one to to go out and get things i'm i'm actually sort of like i know you probably wouldn't wouldn't believe it but i actually don't go out and get things i'm quite a shrinking violet when it comes to actually putting myself (laughs) forward for things um but he persuaded me to apply for a job to do supply teaching um which i did and in 2013 i became a supply teacher here at Botanic garden
0: and that's kind of round about the time we kind of met because at the time, I mean, I've been helping to run the nature reserve, National Nature Reserve here at Winelass uh, for way before that, and I obviously have a passion for meadows, and uh, I know that we, over the years, we've had some sort of interest in secondary schools coming in, and I think we met because uh, we had secondary schools wanted to come and do some comparisons between a hay meadow, a species-rich hay meadow, and a relatively species-poor last year yeah. and I think we went out in the field together to look at this didn't we to start off with
1: yeah definitely so I mean my background anyway my degrees in environmental biology so ecology and conservation were part of that so it's very close to my heart anyway and um, so I came here as a I'm a secondary trained secondary school teacher so any secondary school visits um, especially if they wanted to do surveying out on the meadows then that's what I wanted to get involved with but I needed your um Knowledge of the uh, the meadows here and any background in the history of how they've they've come about. Um, so yeah, we, we you took me out, we got uh, down in the meadow and looking at things, and you taught me what there was to know about them here. And uh, then I passed it on to the the students.
0: And you completely rescued me because there was some hideous mathematical uh, equation which needed to be done for this teaching called the Simpsons. index Index of
1: biodiversity oh
0: blimey and you knew about
1: that
0: (laughs) I simply wasn't going to engage with that at all and I just (laughs) thankfully you know what that means don't you yeah
1: so it's just one of those things that the statistical tests that A level students need to know how to do and it actually works out very well comparing the meadow the the wildflower meadow with the grazed pasture and uh, yeah I think uh, you were very very pleased that I could just take this off your Mighty hands relieved, and you Sarah. didn't have to do that anymore
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was great and, and and it worked well and you've been doing that over several years but you've also you've been doing an awful lot of work showing uh school children particularly secondary school ch- yeah. children pollution indicators here you tell us a little yeah bit about that? so
1: part of the GCSE syllabus um for secondary school is uh, they need to know about pollution indicators. So um, we have a, a lovely variety of um, lichen here. So I do take them around and we look at different trees and the lichens on different trees. Um, obviously, we're very lichen rich here because there is next to no pollution in the air yeah. around here, but you still have to show them um, the indicators of pollution. And also, um, we also look at... Um, Indicator species in rivers, like so, the stream and in the pond, and show them basically species that will tolerate pollution and those that won't tolerate pollution. And so, we go around and I've taken the round and we test the water and we look at the species that we find in the water as well.
0: Because we're actually uh, sat here next to a Cliny Cave, which is the kind of second lake along from our necklace of what is now six lakes here, and um, you probably hear some birds around at the time. And uh, you probably hear the lawnmower has just gone past as well before. You done like uh, you tested the water, even at this this example spot. Yeah. You?
1: So what we, what I used to do is we used to take the um, take the students round to different um, places where there's water. There's a lot of water here in the garden. So um, so where near to where there's the the entrance off the off the farmland by the gatehouse, we'd test there. We'd test the lake underneath the water um, underneath the aqua lab. We'd t- test this lake here, but we'd also test um, the circular decision and the mirror pond, and you know uh, the uh, the pools by the rock of ages. And basically, yeah. it was it was it was a sort of like an exercise in in testing as much as what the results were. It's sort of like the whole practice side of it, of of taking measurements.
0: And I love the fact that we've got a we've got a little stream which is in between our arboretum and our wine last national nature reserve a little slither of woodland we call coid nant Mm -hmm. and there's a lovely little stream through there and you've done all the the kick testing
1: kick sampling (laughs) kick sampling sorry um, and you've had all it was it was trying to find um although we've got loads of water here um actually trying to find a, a little stream that you can do kick sampling in it was actually quite difficult and um i'm sure i became the bane of of the horties lives because i wanted um the banks of this little tiny um, stream to be um trimmed so that i could take a bunch of a level students down there to do some kick sampling so and it's lovely down there um and it's nice because um, not many people go around that sort of area especially the schools don't seem to get down there so it was really nice to take um a bunch of Students down there and do a bit of kick sampling in the river.
0: Rich in uh, dragonfly larvae, am I right? Yes, mayfly yeah. larvae. Mayfly larvae, la- yes, oh, right, okay.
1: yes. yeah, which are, I mean, mayfly larvae is a, an indicator of, of um, clean water. So right. And are you, are
0: you, I mean, even today, I've seen quite a few sort of like damselflies knocking about, and I know uh, we've had a f- quite a few good reports of dragonflies around here. It's really, really lovely. It's beautiful. Uh, yeah, really nice thing to see. But you've also, as well, done the pond dipping haven't you? Now that, yes, yeah, yeah. Tell us a little so, bit about yes, that. Yes, the
1: pond dipping, well, definitely a firm favourite, I think, with most people who come here. So I've done it with um, secondary schools, um, but because there aren't so many secondary schools that do trips um, to places like this, um, I've also um, helped out with the primary school um trips as well so we, I've done some pond dipping with primary school children which is um, a completely different experience um, with primary school children compared to secondary school children. Um, you can have a good debate in a conversation with with a teenager but the little ones just want to show you everything hold your hand and ask you everything possible that they oh. can which is really sweet <laughs> so but that was a bit of a yeah it's a bit of a change for me but um love them just as much it's great
0: i know i, I, I helped out once with the pond dipping and what i really noticed was uh, it was supposed to be for all the kids but actually the dads seemed to take oh, over oh
1: yes definitely <laughs> i mean i i also did a bit of um um holiday what, what do we call it uh family activities yeah family activity, i've done a yeah. bit of family activities doing pond dipping um with the families and you're absolutely right um the parents definitely the dads love to get in the, and have a look and see what's in the pond um sometimes more than the children do definitely yeah at all ages just love pond dipping and we've just got the best ponds to do it because you don't get your feet wet it's really easy they're shallow but um, there's such an abundance of life in them.
0: Yeah, because you, you get newts as well, don't yeah, you? Yeah, the you get, newts, yeah. yeah. yeah
1: it's, it's always, um, especially with school trips, it's sort of like, um, it's, it's a big whoop, it's the first person who's managed to find a newt and that's sort of like, you know, they've bagged the, the, the first find and, and uh, it's always exciting.
0: So Sarah, you've, apart from doing all this education work, you also helped in the education office Uh, So you you stood in for Anwen, who was on maternity leave for a while, didn't you?
1: Yeah, so um, something that I'd never done before, but I did a a desk job for nine months while um, Anwen was on maternity leave. She was basically the receptionist come... um,
0: Administrator, Administrator,
1: that's the right word. Um, So I was booking in schools and organising the teachers and doing the timetables for their visits and things like that, which was great. Never done anything like that before, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I was doing a little bit of teaching um, because Zanman was only working three days a week, so I was covering her three days a week and then a little bit of teaching that was coming in on the other days if if it was needed. Um, But as I said before, secondary schools are, are very and far between coming down here so um there wasn't as much um to do with the secondary schools so it was good fun um working and, and working with all the, the education staff and organizing all the trips
0: and during covid um i know you've been doing uh, what is it webinars or zoom, is it live no, webinars zoom, zoom lessons zoom lessons zoom is that lessons. the right terminology <laughs> okay. I, don't know, I don't know what the right terminology <laughs> all is right.
1: but yeah so um before covid um we i was um teaching GCSE biology to home educated children. So they would come in once a month and spend a day with me and we would go through the certain topics of GCSE biology, um, which was great. So we'd have a, a bit of a practical side, a bit of a theory side, and um and that was working really well. But obviously during COVID they haven't been able to do that. So um instead I've been doing um online lessons um over Zoom which I haven't enjoyed immensely. It's been lovely to see the children and and to um, to teach them again. But I would much rather do it face to face. It's so much nicer getting the reaction and being able to have a conversation and to be able to get answer, ask questions, answer questions um because with a zoom it's very much more difficult and some of them a lot of them keep their microphones off and so if you if they're answering a question they have to press the button and then answer and then so it's just it's not as easy so i am really looking forward to when they can come be, come back into yeah. the garden
0: yeah hopefully soon now a botanic garden like ours uh, we're a charity and we have to make our own income most of our income is self-generated through uh, people coming through the doors through buying things at a restaurant and shops and also from our corporate visits and it's been about is it about three years now you did some sort of bit of a transfer across here
1: yeah so i am now officially uh, i'm the corporate coordinator for the garden which basically means i book in conferences meetings training for external um, clients so we have a corporate building um that um can house meetings and things like that and I book those in. So that sort of like that transition came because I'd um finished the six months on the desk in the education, doing administration work on the in the education department, because Anwin came back from um her maternity leave. So I went back to just being a supply teacher again and um I was very lucky that um um the opportunity arose in the corporate side where um Keslan, my boss now was looking for somebody to take over the administration, sort of like a- aspect of the um, the corporate side, and asked whether I'd be willing to to transfer over to that. And so for, I think it's about three years now. I've been doing the corporate bookings and uh, and sorting that out, which is completely different from what I what I've done before. But um, I'm always up for a challenge. Yeah,
0: and I can say to everyone, that you did a remarkable job when you first started as well, because you, the numbers suddenly really shot up for the bookings that we had to what was then Principality House is now known as T-Mailing uh, we used using the marquee then we're now using Theatre Botanica why do you okay, it's, got, it's very hard to say why do you think that is but I think it's because you, you're very diligent aren't you you're, very friend, well, pe- you're a friendly I, person people are uh, well, like yes,
1: I, I think so I mean you know if people email and ask questions and want to know information then I'm happy to, to speak to them I make sure that all the information is, is out to them Um i don't like to leave people hanging too long um i think it's just a case of if you get back to people and then uh, you're halfway there really um yeah. i don't i mean you know i don't our prices aren't any different and i'm not offering any more than ever than there was before i think it's just you know keeping on and and keeping that contact um with people um and being there when they, when they want to ask questions. Do
0: you know, I think another thing as well, because you know the Botanic Garden really well, you're enthusiastic about the place, and I think when probably people are thinking about booking, you can talk to them about what we have here, you can um, you almost, you sell the, ve- the, the venue, and it is a great venue to come to, oh, yeah. isn't it? I mean,
1: yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, um, if you're coming for a meeting and you've got um, this exterior... To go and have your lunch in or um, your breaks in, then what more could you want? I mean, um, the me meet- I can't make the meetings any more exciting, but you can, de- <laughs> but you can definitely suggest that they go out for a walk at lunchtime and enjoy the views or take a trip through the Great Glass House, you know. Um, and I think um, everybody appreciates. Um, the beauty when they come. A lot of them have never been here before, and they were like, "Oh, I can't believe this is what it's like here." Got to bring the family back at the weekend, or yeah.
0: What sort? Of, what sort of organisations come here? You
1: so say? we get a lot of um, NHS organisations. We get uh, the council. Yeah. Um, we get a few private businesses, police force, um, Welsh Water. So it's sort of like you know the big, big and small come and um, we get repeats sort of like some people you know they'll they'll book once a month for the whole year and they'll have regular meetings or training um so yeah it's just started back um so we've mm. had a long period of where we haven't been able to hold any meetings here but we've literally last week just had our first um well, it's not a conference it was training training back um so we've oh. had um nhs people back so that's really good
0: okay and you, uh, have you ever done weddings
1: so, yeah, I mean, um, I've been, I think I've been, I've looked looked after two weddings since I've um, been doing the corporate side of things. Obviously, during COVID, there was a big area where we couldn't do any, but um, we're catching up with postponed weddings at the moment. Um, but hopefully come January next year, we'll be taking new bookings. So... Um, we we can't hold, oh, yeah. we can't hold the receptions um, at the moment, but we are holding the ceremonies. So um, the glass house, which is a fantastic um, venue for a wedding, we can also have them outside on the performance stage or a nice little um, intimate wedding in the gallery.
0: Okay, I'm a little bit curious. Do people play music when they have their uh, ceremonies here?
1: Well, sometimes they just plug their phone in and have whatever song they like but sometimes like the one we had um last year in the great glass house they had a string trio so there was a there were three violinists or two violinists and a viola player um playing so i think it's up to whatever the um the party want really
0: yeah, because uh, as, as staff you don't always know what's going on, and you suddenly see uh, a woman dressed all in white standing by our pie sculpture with the, that sort of kind of money shot. Oh, right, the yeah. Tower in the background. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's the really wedding, lovely. The wedding photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's really nice. It'd be nice to see them coming back again.
1: Yes, yeah, I will.
0: And you've also um, sort of branched out in a sort of a slightly lateral way. Is that you've got involved in trying to um, organise sort of some sort of eco attraction? Um, Oh, yes. Well, so,
1: I mean, um, wasn't my idea. It was something that someone asked me when um, the senior managers asked if I would try and um, organise. But it, it basically um, a company that offers um, eco experiences where people can pay to come and, for instance, have a cream tea in the Great Glass House. Or um an experience of um well, I believe with yourself, Bruce. Uh, um, you, I'm uh, so I'm led to believe, like yeah. A, yeah. possibly a an hour to an hour and a half or two hour tour around the meadow. It might be yeah. a bee experience with Linda doing the doing bees. It might be I know Ang with the Regency. Parklands, or um, with the haughty, they might do like a, a walk of the more form, formal gardens. So yes, there are things that um, that are possible that people can come and pay to have something a little bit more personal with a member of staff, and they would also get a lunch as well, um, and and then enjoy an afternoon in the garden.
0: Is that is that started now, Sarah?
1: Um, it is out there available. We've had a couple of afternoon teas in the in the glasshouse already. Okay. Um, so I haven't heard about any of the extended experiences yet, but hopefully it won't be long.
0: Okay, so you're obviously being creative in what you're all thinking as a team about what could be done you're all, you're, yes. all, you're all up for things aren't you oh yeah I think yeah, so yeah, yeah.
1: yeah definitely because you're part
0: of a, the whole of the catering team as well aren't you you kind of they're colleagues of yeah
1: yours. so corporate comes under hospitality so catering and corporate come under the, the umbrella of hospitality so um, my boss is Kefan. so um, I also sort of like gel with, with the catering team, help out if needed. Um, in fact, I have recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I've been in the kitchens helping making sandwiches because um, there were a shortage of staff on certain days. So I tend to get in early into work at about eight o'clock and the chefs are always in um, by then. And so I just mucked in and and got on with it i quite enjoyed it actually yeah. making sandwiches for the day um so no, happy you know if if something needs to be done and i can help then i'm happy to do it
0: and you've also um just helped out occasionally and the gatehouse haven't you sort of like lunch cover and, and, and things yes, like that
1: yes only a little bit so i'm i'm still learning how to how to use the tills but um, i Sounds have terrified to me they I've, are a bit yeah but I, I mean I, yes i have and i've i've helped out a couple of times in plant sales as well which um was nice so um yes I don't jump on the tills in the in the uh, in the cafe though because they're far too complicated just keep me either in pot wash or making sandwiches and that's fine I can't cope with your tills and <laughs> in the <laughs> restaurant but um no if I need if if somebody needs me to then I'll give it a go
0: and that's a nice little link because your son, Yanto, also works in the gatehouse. And he's <laughs> he been does. doing it for a little while, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, so I think he's been in the garden now about four years. So he started off in catering and then shifted down to gatehouse. So, um, so he, he was doing it as a weekend job, job while well. he was doing his A-levels. Um, but now he's literally just finished his second year at university. Um, he's studying for a music degree in Cardiff. So um, he is back this weekend um, and he will be here working. He loves loves his job in the gatehouse. I think, really speaking, I think he wants me to stay away from the gatehouse because I think <laughs> he'd rather that, um, that that was his domain in the garden and that mum didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i tell you what, he, he, he had a little bit... There was a bit of a highlight in 2019 because Yanto came and uh, performed... Um, uh, a Villa Lobos piece on the saxophone, didn't he, in the in the courtyard <laughs> of the did, stable yeah. block? And oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> yes. that was, and I like the fact that um, uh, people come and play music here as well. Yes. Generally, I yes. think it's, it's really nice, and I'm, it's something I'm really looking forward to people coming to do again. Because at the moment, we're getting lots and lots of people in. Uh, who are coming to enjoy all the outdoors? Yes, and uh, we've only just recently opened our glass great glass house again because it's considered an indoor venue, yeah. So, I think people are just slow you know, so lots of people, but people less reluctant to go indoors. But it's nice to see people now going into our gallery, into our apothecary hall, yes, yes. and uh, indeed into our restaurants and things like that. So, your your um. Your shift of focus is probably going to be back into the corporate world a little bit yeah, more. Yeah,
1: well, hopefully we'll be able to build up that business again, hopefully. Um, so the inquiries are coming and people are um, definitely feeling more confident about um, having uh, meetings um, indoors. Um, our Unfortunately, our capacities are very much reduced at the moment. We can't... Um, Hold as many people in in the rooms as we would normally, but um, it's a start, and hopefully um, they won't take too long to go back to normal.
0: Okay, we're sat as I say we're sat here by a lake. It's really lovely sounds here. I don't know if you can hear the birds chirping, and now the lawnmower's gone. That's that's it's all better as well. (laughs) But I think I remember as well at some point in the last few years I heard you singing here. Am I right?
1: Yes, yes, I have. So, I'm <laughs> actually a member of two choirs, one in Shandilo and one in Morriston in Swansea. Um, and um, Morriston Ladies Choir have sung here a, oh quite a few times, I think. So I have um, got up on the stage and sung um, In the Great Glass House. Yes, I have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and can you remember what you sang,
1: Sarah? Oh, Lord, no. I haven't been to choir for about 18 months. Uh, Ireland, you must I remember weren't. what you sang. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, well, we sing show tunes and we sing traditional Welsh folk songs and hymns. Um, off the top of my head, I can't can't even begin to think what any of them were.
0: Okay, let me rescue out of that one because a bee has <laughs> just flown by. And, and it just remind me that you have also... Uh, uh, you're a beekeeper.
1: I am, yes. And
0: you voluntarily help out with our beekeeping here, don't you?
1: Yes, yes. So on a Thursday, I am um, a bee volunteer with Linda. And and it's great, actually, because um, I'm not a member of staff on those days. And so I can become a volunteer. And um, so any responsibility <laughs> is completely off my hands. And I just join the volunteers. And it's a great bunch of people. And I help out Um, with basically keeping the hives that we have here at the garden.
0: And you can walk around anonymously because you've got the big uh, face mask on of a beekeeper and all that costume. You could be anybody.
1: Could be. So, yeah, so um, most people don't realise I'm here on a Thursday because, uh, as you said, they they don't recognise me. So it's it's been really nice because um, my husband and I have kept bees for about 15 years, but he's always been the hands-on, the one who has looked after the bees. Um, and then a couple of years ago I thought I'd quite like to get a bit more involved with the whole um, process of, of keeping bees and so Linda actually suggested she said uh, why don't you become a volunteer because um, she's there for all the advice and, and tips and um, some of the other volunteers are very very knowledgeable and have kept bees for a long time and um, I've, uh, I've learned an awful lot so I've learned loads as well as helping Um, With the garden's bees as well.
0: And you gave me a real taste sensation (laughs) about a few years ago with one of your honeys that came from your own hive from just a few miles from here. And it smelt like uh, old socks. It (laughs) It was smelt really bad. But. It tasted sensational, and I, I, I and we, I, I think I was the only person who actually well, probably brave to taste it. I know. It. To
1: this day, we still don't know why it had that awful tint of of funny f- smell on it. The taste was fine, but if you just had to get over over the smell, we've no idea what it was. We've never had it since, but yes, we were quite happy that we found someone who'd actually eat it. <laughs> well,
0: I, I, I freely eat buckwheat honey, which is. Uh, comes from a flower which is used to, ter- flower which is turned into flower, yes. flour, F-L-O-U-R, uh, and is grown extensively across the Baltic area, and I have it on my porridge a lot, and that smells like farmyard manure. When you, <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, I, I'm wondering now whether or not it's a similar thing, and whether or not there was someone near you they who experimentally be. grew a bit of buckwheat, I and know. it ended up in your honey.
1: Who knows, who knows, but it, yes, bizarrely never had it again but um it's a, it's a, it's a lovely pastime keeping bees and it's lovely to find somebody like yourself who is who loves their honey so much um, because even though i only live literally 2 or 3 miles over the hill yeah. our honey tastes completely different to the honey in the garden and in fact the oh. honey in the garden We've got different apiaries here, and even the honey from the different apiaries tastes different because they're close to different kinds of, of flowers. So it's amazing um, how different honeys can taste.
0: Okay, I, I know we have a scientific team who are actually analysing the honey, aren't they, oh, for, yes. for their DNA and yeah. all this sort of thing. And yeah, uh, Dr. Laura Jones has recently published a PhD yeah. on such a topic. And uh, did you find anything in that, Sarah, that gave you a clue why they taste different?
1: no I well the the poll the nectar obviously is where um the honey is made from yeah. so if you imagine when you when you smell a flower or they smell very different so I would imagine the nectars must have very different tastes to them um and I know particularly um there's a horse chestnut tree near the apin and Brinkreuss, and I th- yeah. they think that that perhaps is why the the honey down there tastes different to the honey in the apiary from the garden. Oh, yeah,
0: because they're, they're huge flowers, aren't mm. they? There's a massive yeah. amount of nectar yeah. inside them, and
1: it's a different color as well. Oh, interesting! I know.
0: <laughs> well, that just shows, though, you know, I think we all have sort of multiple interests which kind of all sort of overlap here.
1: Yes,
0: and uh, it's been really great to speak to you today, Sarah. And thank you very, very much. I hope people have learned a little bit more about what happens in the background of a botanic garden now. I think so.